Blog Talk Radio. Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Twitter at The Ken Reedy Show. Our website, TheKenReedyShow.com. And if you listen to us right now, Ironbound. We're on Ironbound AM 1640. And the website, IR1640AMRadio.com. Be sure to check us out there. You also could go and check us out on the app on TuneIn. And I'll bring my partner in. Dave is, is on the line. How are you doing tonight, Dave? I'm doing well. President accounted for. Um, you know, it's 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 a tough night. Um, you know, and and we wind up doing shows like this way too often. And again, you know, we have uh, just we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, pay respects and our thoughts go out to everyone affected. Uh, what happened in Boston yesterday? Just a an incredible tragedy, a tragic set of events. Um, you know, and. Don't want to go too long on this. Uh, basically, you know, we talk wrestling here, and we're going to do our best to give you, uh, you know, 90 minutes of entertainment, 90 minutes to get your mind off things. Uh, we'll probably have some silliness going on, but uh, what we do here is entertain. So, um, you know, respects and thoughts go out to everyone involved in Boston. Uh, we're going to try and smoothly transition into wrestling talk, but again, uh, our thoughts are with those uh, in Boston, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, um, you know, I'll just make this brief. Uh, you know, we live in a volatile world, and, uh, you know, the, the, the city of Boston has, has been known to be a very blue-collar town and a very defiant town. And um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Boston will get through this and rise through this, and this definitely does not define the city of Boston. And, uh, you know, my my best wishes are out to everyone that the been affected by all this and um you know from the ken reedy show here we're all with you yeah and you know and like i said i mean we're going to entertain you tonight so we're going to we're going to come off that we do have a couple of guests lined up for tonight they're going to be on a little later on uh dr david rice is joining us again expert in wrestling psychology he's also uh he's been involved in some uh, crises uh speaking to people uh in newtown so we'll talk a little bit uh with him about uh you know, psychological aspects of what something, uh, a major tragic event, uh, what can it do for people. Uh, 
But then we're going to transition uh, again right into wrestling. Uh, the doctor's out in Las Vegas at the Cauliflower Alley Club, so uh, we're going to talk about that. And we also have Dave, uh, the doctor's bringing on uh, Dave Jackson, and uh, he is actually a promoter out on the West Coast. He's a president of Wrestling Cares, and he's got a really interesting tournament uh, coming up on the West Coast, uh, coming up in uh, approximately two weeks. So we're going to get his thoughts on uh, the indie scene, his tournament, his event, and uh, you know some of the charities that uh, Wrestling Cares is working on. So those guys are going to be coming up uh, probably around 6.30 after our first commercial break. Uh, so for now, we're going to hit the wrestling talk. We're going to start talk. We're going to dissect, if you will, Monday Night Raw. And we want to hear from you, 347-838-9815. Um, last night, Monday Night Raw, we got some answers uh, to some of the questions floating out there. Uh, before I get into specifics, um, you know, no, nothing's perfect. And when you're running three hours of, of entertainment on a weekly basis, uh, there's going to be stuff that just doesn't work. I get it. Um, I like wrestling. I enjoy wrestling. Maybe that makes me a, a silly little fan, but... Uh, I kind of try to look at the positive. Um, for the most part, last night, I thought it was a solid show. I'd rather not harp on the negative and the stuff maybe I didn't like. I thought the stuff that maybe didn't work was in the minority, and I thought overall uh, the vibe of Raw last night, I thought it was a solid show. And we're going post-WrestleMania. We had a just a, a, a wacky show last week, a tremendous show, a historical show, if you will, last week, and another solid show. So coming out of WrestleMania, two solid Raws. Uh, overall, Dave, your your vibe on the show last night? I thought the show was pretty good. It flowed. It, 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 you know, you, you got past WrestleMania for, 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 for a moment, probably for the most part, and you know, look forward to Extreme Rules, of course, you know, um, Brock Lesnar challenging Triple H to another match, which you know a lot of people didn't see coming. We almost we thought that you know WrestleMania was going to be it, but it looks like the rubber match is going to take place at Extreme Rules. Um, we got a new storyline that is you know involving uh, CM Punk. Um, even though he's you know looks like he's going to be off television for a little while, there's something that's going to bring him back with him walking off. Um, the announcement of the return of the Undertaker at next week's Monday Night Raw live from London. Um, and then, of course, you know, the John Cena-Ryback confrontation, Ryback's explanation as to why he attacked John Cena, um, which made some sense for the most part. Um, and, you know, we can dissect that, you know, as time goes on. But overall, I just thought, you know, the show was pretty solid. Obviously, it wasn't as lively as the Jersey crowd. And a lot of people, you see a lot of criticism online from critics that, you know, the South Carolina crowd stunk. Well, you know, that, that I, I, with all due respect, that's coming from most European fans who were in attendance in New Jersey <laughs> in Rutherford last week. Um, I noticed a lot of that on Facebook and a lot of the uh, the, the online uh, message boards um, all throughout today. But, uh, you know, and, you know, can't forget about Fandango. I mean, they, they've talked about it, and it kind of had, um, you know, a, it kind of was weaned back a little bit. Um, it wasn't as big of a reaction as he got, but they acknowledged it. Um, that, you know, he's got some sort of a following and, uh, you know, it looks like they're going forward with, uh, with him and the chance and maybe even him not acknowledging the chance and kind of keeping in his heel persona. So overall, I thought it was a pretty good show, a solid show. 
um, you know, and having good setup towards, uh, you know, extreme rules. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when, when people criticize. And before uh, we continue, Dave, are you getting any sort of feedback or anything? You good? You hearing things okay? Yeah, I'm hearing you perfectly. All right, cool. Just wanted to check that. Um, minor technical. We're, we're still working out the, the kinks, but uh, that's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because sometimes as as a fan, as and as a fan of, of anything entertainment-wise, you got to kind of pull yourself out. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the crowd is not a direct reaction to what's going on. And you got to kind of separate, like, the show from the crowd reaction. Some, I mean, sometimes there's a direct correlation. Sometimes the crowd is dead because the event is horrible, and sometimes the crowd is, you know, off the hook because the event is off the hook. Um, but sometimes it's not the case. I mean, the crowd really blew up last night, last week, during the Sheamus-Orton match. And... That was like, I mean, I thought it was an okay match. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was horrible. I thought it went on a little long, maybe dragged a bit. But it seemed like, to me, the crowd got really hot because they wanted Orton versus Big Show. They didn't get that, and it was almost like the crowd just rebelled. So the crowd last week was not indicative of how good or bad the event was last week. That crowd was just amped. I mean, you could have showed, they could have showed the... Uh, the blindfold match between uh, Rick Martel and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, and that crowd last week probably would have went nuts anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was just that sort of vibe last week that uh, they were just hot. They were ready to go. They were off WrestleMania. Like you said, a lot of Europeans. And when you have like people from out of town, a lot of those people made pilgrimages to the WrestleMania weekend. It's New York, New Jersey, so uh, that's a a city that people want to go to. So it's the finale for a lot of people for their weekend away, their WrestleMania pilgrimage. That's the finale. So that crowd is going to be amped. It's not a direct correlation to perhaps what was going on in the ring. So to look at last night and say, well, the show is terrible because of the crowd. I thought the crowd last night was kind of more back to normal. I, I, I didn't think that they were a bad crowd. I didn't think it was a dead crowd. It just was more uh, of, all right, that's that's what you get at, at Monday Night Raw. This this Fandango phenomenon, uh, it's tremendous, and it's taking over. It looks like it's taken over for the Harlem Shake, and there's videos being posted anywhere, everywhere. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I just think that, like, that Jersey crowd was very unique unto themselves, and the fact that the, the crowd last night was not fandango-ing, if you will, the entire night was just kind of a, okay, like, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't I don't necessarily need to tune into Raw each and every week uh, and see, you know, 30,000 people fandango-ing for three hours. So I, I thought it was kind of, you know, unfair criticism right there. Uh, again, thinking the show was a solid show. Uh, I, I don't know. The crowd didn't really bother me. I thought they 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 cheered in spots, they booed in spots. It was a a typical wrestling crowd, Dave. Yeah, I mean, here's another point that uh, you know I want to bring up about European fans and European crowds. See, the WWE doesn't go to 
to the you know European countries very often. They'll be in London next week. But normally when the WWE tours, they tour after WrestleMania in European countries, London, Scotland, way I mean you know those those areas. And in the in the springtime, and then they'll do it in the fall, November. So those European countries only get WWE live events and television tapings twice a year. So those crowds are pretty amped when they go when when the company tours over there in those two times of, of the year. Coming over here, they're pretty amped up that they obviously it's WrestleMania, but you know we've mentioned it before. European fans, it it it, it almost seems like you know the. They want to find something to chant about, and there's nothing wrong with that. To any fans out there, you know, from those from those countries that are listening, I'm not knocking you guys for doing that. I enjoyed your enthusiasm. I mean, you know, you you guys were a big part of making last week's Monday Night Raw probably one of the most talked about in God knows how long, and seeing that take place and knowing the facts that you know. WWE doesn't tour there very often, like I said, twice a year. They're, they're already an amped-up audience um, because they are now, you know, they're in another country, but they're get, getting to see it live. So a lot of the WWE superstars have been quoted as saying, you know, all the time when they talk about those overseas tours, that those crowds are just fired up more than usual in the States, like I said, because they don't get to see the product often on a, on a lively basis, whereas opposed to the WWE tours, the United States, you know, primarily. And, of course, they tour Canada, and you get a lot of Canadian provinces that are really hot towns that don't get to see the WWE as much, and it translates well if they make an appearance on, you know, if they if they tape a, a TV event, you know, in their town, Montreal or Toronto or Ottawa. So, you got to play. You got to put that into perspective and, and and factor in that these European fans don't see it as much, so it's it's extra special for them, and 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 that they get to you know whether they come over there or they come here. Um, and yeah, like you said, it was a normal crowd last night. Um, you know, they booed what they needed to boo. They cheered what they needed to cheer. Um, and you know, you you heard a little bit of the Fandango humming during his sec, during his segment from the audience. It wasn't as lively, obviously, as the New Jersey crowd last week, but it still got some form of a I don't know, like cult following, so to speak. I guess you could say. I mean, they showed the video package, you know, with with you know the weatherman at some local weather station. It made VH1's best week ever television show. I mean, it's. It's gotten the press that I think that WWE wants. Now the next step for them is is to how they're going to capitalize on this, whether they're going to use it in their favor or use it against them. Um, and judging by last night, I think they're going in more of the direction of Fandango trying to not acknowledge that as much, if at all, and keep him a heel and then let it hit a fever pitch eventually down the road and next thing you know, he becomes a hot baby face, and everybody's fandangoing, and he's even fandangoing. So, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. Last night's show, solid show. Crowd was different, but that's not a bad thing. I wonder when they're going to add fandangoing to Webster's Dictionary. Um, well, you know, it's SmackDown, so, I mean, they got to add this right. at some point. But, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause, I mean, the other thing is I don't want it to. I mean, it's fun. Like you got, you were part of Raw last year in Miami, and that crowd was just off the hook hot. And you, were, you, you know, I this year was the first Raw after WrestleMania that I went to. 
I kind of like the whole idea of being able to say I was at something special. You know what I mean? Like I don't necess- I don't need that. I don't want to see that every week. I don't want it to be that that was like, you know, the first raw in many raws that are like that. You know, I think it's kind of cool that we're at something that was that sticks out. You know, that over the course of the year, people are going to look back on that raw and depending on where this craze goes, it, it could be used effectively. It look, it could flame out. I mean, you you don't know where this the, where this will go, but right now it's it's pretty hot. I'm curious where it's going to go, but I'm I'm kind of psyched that we were part of it. And I'm not like if you watched, I think I'm pretty certain that one of the videos uh, was from the train we were on. Oh, it had to be. Pretty sure. So, yeah. I don't know if we were in. Too. I don't know if we were in that cart, but I mean, yeah, the train, yeah, oh, definitely. We there had to be that train ride for your ride. I mean, it was a fun time, and, and again, I, I actually thought it was good because you know you don't want to. I mean, it's a craze that maybe they didn't know was coming. You can't beat them over the head with it, and uh, and um, you know, I mean, you just got to kind of let it simmer and see where it goes. But uh, the big thing we got on Raw last night was we got at least an explanation from Ryback and where he's he's his head is at so to speak and where this character is um for me and i'm curious your thoughts dave but i kind of liked it um i'm i i'm curious where they're going with it which is why i like it um it, it traditionally it screams of a heel turn i mean it's he's it's a traditional heel turn um but wrestling is different nowadays and cena gets booed we all know that um so anyone who beats on Cena uh, is always going to garner some cheers, and people like the Feed Me More chant. Uh, so it's an interesting turn, and I'm intrigued by where they're going to go. I thought Ryback cut an effective promo. Uh, it wasn't him just screaming at the uh, the camera or yelling, Feed Me More. It was uh, explaining his disdain for Cena. And uh, by contrast, I like Cena's response. Uh, we didn't get a lot of goofy Cena. We got uh, ticked off Cena. Uh, Mad Cena and kind of, you know, you think you're going to make a name off me? Do you know who I am? Uh, And he got in Ryback's face. So I thought it was effective. I thought uh, it worked uh, for both of them. And uh, I'm kind of curious and intrigued where exactly they're going to go with the storyline, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I... First, I thought to myself, you know, I really didn't want to see a Ryback heel turn. The people are behind him, and I really think he's got a marketability to eventually be like a a, a big-time star and one of the top faces of the company is somebody that when you look at WWE, you look, you know, you name three guys off a list and he's on one of them. You know, he's he's one of those names, you know, with his, with his marketability. I mean, he's got that, like, superhero, you know, larger-than-life look that, you know, a lot of wrestlers in the 80s had, and I think it would it would have been something good from a public relations standpoint to have this big Herculean guy be a top baby face and represent the company well. However... Going into last night, those are my thoughts. But after watching the promo that he cut, here was one thing that I liked in particular. You know, I liked it. I mean, I will agree with you. I like the fact that he didn't yell and scream and go crazy. But I liked how they didn't have him cut the promo in the ring like everybody else. Everybody else, when they may explain something, explain their actions, it's always usually out in the ring or it's backstage, but with somebody interviewing them. He was just looking straight at the camera. There was a curtain behind him with some lighting, and he explained it in a calm but intense manner and a serious manner. 
and he brought up some points and filled some holes that a lot of, you know, smart fans were probably thinking, oh, okay, well, why did he attack John Cena? And, but John Cena gave him his title shot, you know, but when Cena was injured in October against Punk. I mean, I, I, that was my first thought. It was like, okay, he's doing this by himself. There's no Josh Matthews. There's no Matt Stryker. There's, no, there's that new chick that interviews people. I don't know who she is. But there's no microphone in front of him. It's just a camera and him. And I thought that was really important because if he went out there in front of the audience, they probably would have started chanting, feed me more. And that's obviously not what the company wants now. It looks like that they're really pushing for this Ryback heel turn and for somebody to, for John Cena to work with, which I kind of, after looking back at it, I thought to myself, okay, I kind of like this if they're going to go in this direction. And then they showed the video packages and some of the things he was saying, like, where were you, Cena, when this happened? And they showed a, a clip of the Shield screwing him out of the title a couple of times and Mark Henry attacking him. And, you know, that did scream like, oh, he's a heel. You know, and I, when I watched that segment, first thing I thought to myself, you know, you're this big, muscular, badass guy who'd beat two and three guys at the same time in the ring, and you're upset that you didn't get any help when you got jumped by the Shield. So, but then I thought to myself, well, that's a heel turn right there. But I think the company is still kind of testing the waters with it. I don't think they're going to go full heel with him just yet. If they do go heel turn with him, I think it's going to be slowly progress over time where, you know, the fans will totally hate him. Last night was living proof that I think that's the route that they're going. When he walked away from Cena getting jumped by the Shield, and considering his history he has with the Shield, he never really got the revenge that he should have from all the attacks that the Shield, you know, put out on him. So after watching it and after dissecting it and looking at it, I like the direction they're going with him. The only if they're going to stay heel with him, he can't entice the crowd into chant and feed me more. And you know, he, I mean. Otherwise, the audience is going to be behind it, and it's going to totally defeat the purpose of what they want to do. They're behind the guy as a baby face, you know, with those chants and with the, the situations he was put in, but now he's up against the quote-unquote top baby face, the face of the company, John Cena. And it all depends, too, on which towns they're in. And last night, Cena got pretty positive reaction for the most part being in South Carolina. And southern wrestling towns are always known for, you know, being Ric Flair country and traditional wrestling. And Cena is the complete opposite of that. But he got a positive reaction. They're going to go to London next week. So I'm assuming John Cena is going to get booed out of the building and Ryback will probably be the baby face. I think they're just going to play it by ear. And depending on which towns they're in and the reaction it's getting, then they'll decide if they want to go full turn or if they just want to kind of keep him in the middle but a little bit more intense. He's not good. He's not bad. He's just pissed off, so to speak. But the explanations, you know, were told pretty well by him as far as, like, him getting screwed out of the title. And I could see why he would turn heel because all these opportunities that he's had, he's come up short. It makes some sense. So, I thought the segment came off really well after looking back at it and dissecting it. Going into it, I didn't really want to see that them go in that direction. However, I'm pleased with it, and I'm I'm really interested as to where they're going to go with these two. And hopefully it's not just a one match and they, they move right back off to something else. Maybe over time they get a couple of months and some mileage out of this feud because I think it would definitely help Ryback moving forward into the main event scene. Yeah, I mean, all all real good points, and I agree with you. I, number one, I loved the setting of the promo. Uh, like you said, outside the ring, it just it had an old school feel to it. Uh, 
but but fresh and new at the same time. I uh, I like that a lot. And yeah, I hope they they run a, a long program. I mean, especially going into Extreme Rules, uh, these guys wrestling. I mean, it loans itself. You could have some sort of double DQ or count out or, or something crazy happen in the match where uh, you continue the program and. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, one of my favorite storylines going back was, uh, you know, Brett and the uh, Hart Foundation when they were uh, heels in America and faces every place else, and they kind of tweaked the script slightly depending on where they were. I mean, why not? Why not? You know, see what the crowd react, how the crowd reacts on a given night between uh, the two of them, and just let the two of them go at it. Uh, Right now, look, John Cena is the face of the company, but he's getting up there. He's got nagging injuries, and, uh, you know, it, it's time to start looking to the future and see who that next guy is going to be. And for all intents and purposes, it uh, it could very well be Ryback, 347-838-9815. What do you guys think about last, night Raw, last night's Raw? we got a lot of guests, a couple of guests coming up, but let's hit the phones and uh, – We'll start off as always. We got Tony on the line. Let's get him up. Tony, are you there? Hey, how you doing? What's up? What do you got for us? What do you think? Well, I uh, yeah, I, I thought Rob was a solid show too uh, last night for the most part. I enjoyed you know like the right back uh, promo backstage. You know, yeah, I, I thought that they actually did do a good job with that. You know, him being backstage and the whole you know um, showing the clips of. Of uh, you know like the videos of what he was you know what he, every time he brought up brought up something uh, I I thought I thought that they, I thought that there was a lot of good intensity there you know I don't know like if, and uh, even at the end too you know it's like when the shield came out and he just you know he just you know let them beat down scene I I, you know, I, I thought they did a good job of that I mean if they're turning him heel I, th- I thought you know I thought they were up to a good start yeah. so far and to be honest with you I, I mean when I'm looking at Ryback I, I mean I was kind of curious uh where he'd be as far as uh talking uh you know and that was a major question mark for me and look he, he's obviously not the second coming of rick flair but it was an effective promo and it made me optimistic that all right you know maybe this guy can cut a good promo uh going forward i again i enjoyed it i thought it was a uh, very effective what else did you take away from raw last night let's see what, is, uh, what was on that the uh I thought the CM Punk uh, it was good too. Actually, you know, it was like you know when he was over there talking, and then he just like he just like stopped and then he just walked out. It was like I had to kind of like oh you know where did he go from here? You know, after losing to uh, you know losing the belt, losing the Rock, and then losing to Undertaker, he kind of had to like you know like you know where do I go from here? Kind of uh, feel to it. You know when he walked, you know when he just walked uh, to the back, and then him was just like standing there all shocked, like you know. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that part. That, that pro- I mean, it was fine. I thought it was good, and I liked when he just he just said sorry and and hugged Heyman. Uh, it, it did have a bit of the feel of uh, Shawn Michaels losing his smile, but uh, I thought it was a, a a decent moment nonetheless. And uh, you know, it kind of sets them up that they can bring Punk back. Uh, you know, a guy goes away for a while, comes back. Generally, he gets pop. You know, he can come back as a face or a heel the way he walked out. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it was it was definitely good stuff. I mean, I think, Tony, you hit the nail on the head. I, I You know, it's not a show that I'm going to look back on and say, geez, it was one of the greatest Raws of all time. But uh, I thought it was a solid show. And when we look back to the Raws that happened 
pre-WrestleMania, uh, there were a few stinkers in the mix there. And uh, we, we've gotten two decent Raws coming out of WrestleMania. Uh, you know, hopefully we, we have a good setup uh, going to Extreme Rules, and we have a real solid pay-per-view uh, at Extreme Rules. You guys out there, if you don't know already, Tony is our expert blogger. Go over to thekenreedyshow.com each and every week. He blogs for Raw. SmackDown and Impact. Tony, always a pleasure. Thanks for calling. We'll uh, talk to you again Sunday. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for the call. Take care. So, again, Tony, a guy, Dave, who, uh, you know, each and every week, I mean, for a guy who dissects uh, every show, you know, he's saying it was a solid show. So I, I do think a lot of the criticism, uh, you know, may have been unfair. It's it's tough. you got to separate what you get uh from the crowd as opposed to just looking at the, the action. Um, you know, and we'll talk about it a little later on because we're up against the break. But, uh, you know, you guys call in, 347-839-815. I want to hear your thoughts, actually, about uh, Cesaro versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, my opinion, five-star match creatively, uh, maybe some question marks, but definitely got to get into that, got to get into Punk's future. On the other side of the break, we have Dr. David Reese as well as Dave Jackson uh, that are on the line. So we're going to bring them both on. We're going to have David Reese talk a little bit about crisis management, and they're both out at Cauliflower Alley Club. So they're going to tell us what's going on there. So right after the commercial break, we're going to get to our two guests, and then we're going to go right out to your phone calls. What did you think of Monday Night Raw last night? 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We'll be back after these messages. Transmite Iron Band Radio, 1640 AM. O penteado é a moldura do rosto. New Lisbon Hair Studio dá-lhe o toque final. Temos ao seu dispor uma equipa com larga experiência, especializada em penteados de noivas, carapim, permanentes, corte, coloração, brushing, pedicure e manicure. New Lisbon Air Studio, no 95 Merrill Street, em Newark, New Jersey, ou telefone 973-589-8435. New Lisbon. Salão aberto às novas tendências e à magia que conserva a beleza e juventude. Computers tem uma variedade de produtos na área de informática. Completa a linha de laptops, acessórios e sistemas de segurança. Programas com o seu computador? A EasyTech é autorizada e com garantia em Apple, Dell, Sony, HP e Toshiba. Venha conhecer a nossa linha completa de cursos ou acesse no nosso website. Aproveite para se profissionalizar e ganhar mais. EasyTech Computers, a sua empresa de informática. Estamos localizados no 41 da Merchant Street, em Newark, New Jersey. Galinheiro Short e Poultry Market, onde encontra todos os dias e aos melhores preços galinhas, galos, patos, perus e mais, coelhos e pombos e ainda ovos orgânicos diretamente do farm. Galinheiro Short e Poultry Market, propriedade de Ibsul Fonseca, no 52 da Madison Street em New York, ou telefone 973-344-6764. O galinheiro faz a diferença. A Ferry Street Barbecue apresenta dois detalhes que os destacam pela qualidade na confecção dos pratos e pelo atendimento personalizado. São conhecidos como um dos melhores frangos assados das redondezas. Ferry Street Barbecue fazem todo o tipo de grelhados no carvão, 
destacando-se frango e febras, entre outros. E não se esqueça que aos sábados temos leitão à bairrada e aos domingos dobrado e leitão. Ferry Street Barbecue, aberto todos os dias das 9 da manhã às 10 da noite. Ferry Street Barbecue, 89 Ferry Street em Newark, telefones 973-344-7337 ou 973-344-7383. Os restaurantes Iberia Tavern e Iberia Península são fantásticos. Boa alimentação, boa bebida e uma equipa fantástica onde está incluída a Beta Marques e ficam situados. Iberia Tavern, no 80 da Ferry Street e também no 63 da Ferry Street, o Iberia Península. E o Luís, vai lá. Eu vou. E são propriedades Jorge Fernando e João Loureiro. O Iberia é o mais antigo restaurante português ao serviço da nossa comunidade. Você vai lá. Eu também vou. Computers tem uma variedade de produtos na área de informática. Completa linha de laptops, acessórios e sistemas de segurança. Problemas com o seu computador? A Easytech é autorizada e com garantia em Apple, Dell, Sony, HP e Toshiba. Venha conhecer a nossa linha completa de cursos ou acesse no nosso website. Aproveite para se profissionalizar e ganhar mais. Easytech Computers, a sua empresa de informática. Estamos localizados no 41 da Merchant Street, em Newark, New Jersey. Transmite Iron Band Radio, 1640M. And we're back, the Ken Rudy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. We want to hear from you, 347-838-9815. We have a couple of guests now on the line. We have Dr. David Reese and Dave Jackson are on the line. We're going to pull them both up. We're just going to have a nice chat with them. Gentlemen, are you there? Yes. How are you doing? Doing all right. Yes, How are you? Uh, let's. Uh, Dave's on the line as well. So let's. Uh, you know, first off, I mean, it, it's it's a tough time right now doing a a talk show after everything that uh, happened yesterday in Boston, uh, Doctor. I know you've you've done some some stuff in, with crisis management. Um, just curious. I mean, something like this that happens at a a sporting event, something that's supposed to be a a fun day, an exciting day, group of people, you know, when when it happened, actually, you know, afterwards, we're sitting watching Monday Night Raw, and uh, my girlfriend was like, you know, could you imagine, like, immediately, it was like WrestleMania, we just had WrestleMania, what if it happened then, and kind of this, this very visceral, I don't want to say panic, but kind of a very uh, anxiety-ridden feeling, could you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what you would say to people who are experiencing that sort of anxiety, uh, what people may go through? Sure. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you know. Obviously, it causes a lot of fear, and that's what whatever you know malicious mind behind it wanted to do was create fear. And the reality is, life isn't safe, and we can't make ourselves perfectly safe, but we can be prudent about it. Uh, the thing we have to be careful about is, you know, not going overboard either in terms of trying to deny it. It does happen. It can happen. Uh, but you know, you can run into trouble if you cross the street, but that doesn't matter. I mean, you want to put a suit of armor on to cross the street. So we have to grieve. We have to really be in touch with, you know, what the people out there are going through. Uh, but also realize that statistically we're pretty safe, and thank God it doesn't happen very often. Um, well, thank you. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there, there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, this affected very deeply. Um 
aside from uh, the people in Boston affected directly. Uh, one other question with this, then I want to transition and get get into the, the wrestling and get our minds off things. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, uh, again, psychologically speaking, on, on the images. And, you know, is it, I mean, is it irresponsible for the media to portray these images over and over again? Um, is it something that we should just turn off at times for our own sanity? Uh, just give us your thoughts, because, I mean, you turn on Sports Center, you turn on the news, you turn on anything right now, and you just see these horrible images. And, and now, I mean, people reference it, it's kind of like a, you know, a 9-11 type uh, event. You know, we didn't have social media, or social media wasn't as prevalent back then, and now those pictures are being posted all over social media. Uh, right. On the images coming out. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a mixed bag in that we need to know what happens and we need to see the news. But like even here in Vegas right now, some of the uh, monitors that are usually on sports shows are on CNN, and after a while it becomes numbing. And what at first is horrible then just becomes something that's up there that you ignore. That can be counterproductive. It can make you take it too easily and uh, lose some of the horror of it. So I think we are oversaturated, and we are in a whole new world with social media that, you know, even five years ago we didn't have. And we we don't quite know how to deal with it responsibly yet. Okay, well, again, thank you for giving us a little bit on that. And let's try, again, we're trying tonight, you know, give people a, a bit of an escape. Let's let's talk about some fun stuff in the world of professional wrestling. You're at a, at the Cauliflower Alley uh, Club event uh, what are you doing out there? What are some of the things you're, you're seeing? Uh, are you, you presenting at all? What, what's going on out there in Vegas? Yeah, uh, I presented the last four years uh, seminars on ring psychology. From the point of view of a fan, I have no ring experience, uh, and also some wellness issues. This year I'm not presenting. I'm just out here for fun and just talking to people. And, you know, it's great. It's a place where it's not a fan fest, but fans are invited. And you can talk to anyone, and they'll just talk talk to you, whatever you want to talk about. Just talk to Dick Byer, uh, Rob Van Dam, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, I've seen Jake the Snake blithering in and out, although I haven't talked to him yet. Uh, Nick Bockwinkle. It, it, it's history. It's present. It's future. It's a great time. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned at least seeing Jake the Snake. How does he look? I mean, he's doing the DDP program. He's living with him. Uh, how's Jake looking? Uh, he looks great. I mean, compared to last year, he's a new man. I mean, I just saw him briefly, but uh, even just seeing him walk, uh, he's a new guy. It's amazing. Good for him. Doctor, you, uh, you, you mentioned to me personally on Facebook, a, you know, you just mentioned Jake the Snake. You saw him last year, and, you, you know, you saw him, uh, you know, this weekend at the, at the uh, convention. Uh, you mentioned to me briefly a funny story about uh, some interaction you had with Jake the Snake. Would you care to? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Talked, well, it was very bad last year, and uh, you know I had consumed a fair amount of liquids and uh, needed to sort of relieve myself. And I looked up, and right next to me is Jake the Snake doing the same thing, and uh, that's sort of off-putting. <laughs> Wow. You know, Doctor, you were nice enough to uh, bring on Dave Jackson, president of Wrestling Cares. And uh, Mr. Jackson, if you're there, you have a, you know, I was looking at, at your website, tremendous tournament coming up uh, with some uh, independent stars. So we've, you know, had guys like Papa Don have been on the show. Uh, 
tremendous roster. Give us a tell us a little bit of this event you have going on. Sure, I'd love to. It's uh, it's billed as the super show for a super cause, and the idea behind wrestling cares is that every show we donate twenty five percent of all of our ticket sales to a different charity. So for this first show, we're fortunate enough to be working with Scott L. Schwartz Children's Foundation. Scott L. Schwartz is a former wrestler himself. He's a current actor. Uh, he's really basically become famous as the ultimate bad guy or stud in Hollywood, uh, playing in movies like Ocean's Eleven and uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the big monster zombie. Um, but in his spare time, what he likes to do is um, he visits with children in cancer wards in different hospitals across the country, uh, most specifically for the Children's Hospital of Orange County. He's done a lot of work with them. Uh, and through working with him at our Super Show for a Super Cause, Scott is going to take whatever we donate uh, to his Children's Foundation and give it to the Children's Hospital of Orange County, Chalk. Um, and so we're we're really thrilled and, and just so pleased to be involved with him. And as you said, uh, our, our Super Show is indeed stacked with basically a who's who of all independent wrestling talent in the entire continent of North America. I mean, we've We've scoured the entire country to find the best. Uh, so who's who? We have Colt Cabana on the show, uh, Davey Richards, Kyle O'Reilly, both from Ring of Honor, uh, Steve Anthony, who's a guy who um, from down south, who's very, very popular in the southern regions of the country in Louisiana, but he's never really had any exposure uh, in the, on the West Coast or in many other parts of the U.S. So that's another aspect of the tournament is what we're trying to do. Uh, with our shows is bring the best independent talent, the most known independent talent to our shows, and also give our audience exposure to new talent that they have probably never seen before in matches that they have certainly never seen before. I mean, the, the roster you have for that evening, uh, it, it really is tremendous. And, and just to, uh, Dr. Will let you know, we're going to go back and forth a little bit here because we were getting a bit of an echo having both lines open. So, uh, We'll go back and forth, but uh, we'll we'll keep the interview going with uh, the both at the same time. Just uh, we're going to put one at hold uh, at a given time. So, uh, uh, actually, this question again uh, for you, Jackson, uh, Mr. Jackson. Uh, curious, like, how did you get into wrestling? Uh, you know, what what is your background as far as uh, entertainment, and how did you get involved in just the the business or the sport of wrestling? Sure, um, my. Started wrestling actually began many many years ago. Uh, I'm from New York originally, and I trained at the age of 19 years old at the old ECW House of Hardcore in Long Island uh, with Taz and Mikey Whipwreck and Perry Saturn. Um, and I got my butt kicked up and down <laughs> the gym for a good year, and learned that you know I was probably not cut out to be a championship wrestler. Um, and so what I ended up doing was going to college and ultimately wound up in nonprofits and fundraising, which is where the idea from Wrestling Cares springs from. I took my background in working with different uh, nonprofit uh, 501c3 charities, uh, such as working with uh, teaching arts, for the, uh, arts to kids in uh, inner city Los Angeles, uh, everything from that to uh, building a community library in Ghana, West Africa, home of Kofi Kingston, of course. Um, 
And uh, I just, I've always seen how wrestling, independent wrestling in particular, uh, often uh, forges partnerships with different local charities like VFWs or uh, to, you know, benefit for uh, a retired wrestler's surgery or a child's surgery. And I think that's just amazing how wrestling has this ability to do that, to draw 200, 300, 400, upwards of, you know, five, 600 people in one building to help uh, – to help raise money for a cause and be and care about a cause. And I said, you know, to myself, why, why wouldn't this work all the time? This should be what independent wrestling is all about. This is what the model should be because there's nothing more community oriented than both independent wrestling and also local nonprofit charities. Um, I, I've got a quick question for you. Um, you mentioned, you know, about your, the, the talent that you have in this tournament and, pretty much a who's who of independent wrestling talent that's really not on the mainstream of wrestling. Um, how did it come about to get all these guys, 32 of them to be exact, for one tournament? Is it something that where you as a promoter and your organization reached out to them, or is it them reaching out to you guys wanting to be a part of this tournament? How did this come about, especially with as many talents as, as you have? It's, it's got to be a, uh, a long process organizing something like this. Oh, it certainly, certainly is. Um, for the most part, we did our outreach to, you know, really well-known and important talents like Colt Cabana, like Sammy Callahan, who's on our first show. Uh, Adam Pierce will be on our second show. But we've also had, uh, you know, wrestlers reach out to us when they when they heard the news and, and read up about Wrestling Cares. They really wanted to be a part of this, both for the exposure and the ability to, you know, work in a place that, really doesn't get a lot of influx of out exterior talent, like talent from outside of California. Southern California is a really unique uh, region for independent wrestling in that it, it, it's really focused on building its own talent base, which I admire and I love about it. But at the same time, there's, there's an element of it missing where, you know, that, that, that big fight, big show feel of, you know, importing a talent from, you know, across the country from New York or from Georgia or from up in Canada or Japan, for example, that isn't isn't frequently done as much in Southern California as it is in other parts of the country in independent wrestling, specifically the East Coast where I come from. I, I, I know that there's a lot of really successful companies out there that bring in talent from Canada, Japan, Mexico, and, of course, people like Colt Cabana who come from Chicago all the time throughout the year on their show. So, you know, we wanted to do that for wrestling cares as something special, as something to separate ourselves from the rest of the pack and, uh, you know, really really make something important for independent wrestling and for Southern California. Again, it seems like a, a tremendous matchup. And, it, you know, it, it's great you're doing this for, for such a great cause. Um, uh, you know, it, it's something that you'd like to see it redefine, uh, independent wrestling for a, Fans out there uh, in California on the West Coast, uh, what can we do? Where can we go to uh, get tickets? Well, first off, it would be great to go visit WrestlingCares.com because there's a, not only do you buy tickets there, but there's a lot of interesting stories up about our um, booker, our head of talent, Les Thatcher, a wrestling legend who's uh, in the process of building Wrestling Cares We've actually toured the country with him as he goes to different uh, training camps in uh, Georgia, in uh, Alabama, in Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada, um, to find 
the lesser-known talents that people in L.A. might not have heard of to, to be a part of this tournament. So we have those stories. We have stuff up about uh, Scott L. Schwartz and all the great work he's done with kids and his his really unique and interesting career being a bad guy wrestler and transitioning that into being, you know, the ultimate bad guy on the, on the silver and small screen. But, yeah, uh, tickets are available on WrestlingCares.com uh, through PayPal. So it's a completely secure, safe, uh, an effective transaction. Um, and of course, tickets will be available at the door um, at the famous and historic Alexandria Ballrooms in downtown LA. One thing that's really neat about this show that I like about it is we're holding it in downtown LA. And what we hope to do going forward is to really kind of plant our, our Wrestling Cares flag in downtown Los Angeles because. Um, most of the area around L.A. has some great independent companies running shows there, but for the most part, none of them actually run shows inside of Los Angeles proper. So we're going to be the first to do that uh, in recent memory. Um, we're at CAC right now. I think the last time that I can recall a show being done, an independent show being done in downtown L.A., was when Carl Lauer, who's the current uh, CAC board of directors, uh, was a promoter himself in Southern California, and that was well over 25 or 30 years ago. So we're really excited to bring independent wrestling back to downtown L.A. at the Alexandria Ballroom. It's at 501 South Spring Street, downtown L.A., a stone's throw from Staples Center, surrounded by tremendous amounts of entertainment and fun. So if you come down for Wrestling Cares, you know, it's, it's an amazing show that we're going to have, but there's stuff to do both before and after, which is why we really like downtown L.A., and we're we're looking to make our home there. No place better, yeah. I mean, check out the website, WrestlingCares.com. If you're out there in, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles area, be sure to check out the event. Uh, Mr. Jackson, thank you so much for giving us some time. Uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime soon. Thank, thank you, you very much. much. It was great to be on. I appreciate this. Thanks. Uh, we're going to go back to the doctor, Dr. Uh, David Reese, expert on wrestling psychology. Well, we tried to have you both on at the same time, but we're getting a bit of an echo. So uh, go a little little back and forth. Um, you had mentioned, actually, we saw on Facebook that you had seen um, Mick Foley was doing a, uh, a tribute to uh, Bill Moody, a.k.a. Uh, Paul Bearer. Uh, could you give us a little bit of what that was like? Right, yeah. It was... Uh... You know, really, uh, he did a good job. Uh, Mick's committed so that he can't be here Wednesday night for the main banquet. So he was here last night where we had four and a half hours of matches, which was great. And we had a very brief intermission during which Mick came out, suit and tie, and really made it not about himself but about Bill. And uh, it was very moving. It was very sincere. And, uh, you know, of course, the people out here... A lot of people knew Bill. Bill was out here last year and have worked with Bill. And uh, Mick did an excellent job. Uh, he's obviously a good speaker and able to blend humor and serious material at the same time. You know, I, I got to ask you this because, I mean, you, you'd probably be the expert. Um, we had the opportunity uh, a few years back to actually meet uh, Bill Moody. And in talking to him, I had said that, when it comes to the the psychology and and putting over the Undertaker's character, that he did a lot to to put that character where it needed to go, and uh, especially because Taker's uh, verbiage was limited. 
Uh, he didn't cut a lot of promos, and really, Paul Bearer did a lot to put that character over. He was, he was so humble, he would not take the compliment. He was, he was almost scolding me of even thinking of giving him any credit for uh, Taker's character. As someone who is an expert on psychology in wrestling, how important was Paul Bearer to the Undertaker character? I think extremely important uh, because he really added a element of mystique, of fear, of the unusual that went beyond what the Undertaker was doing in the ring and beyond what the Undertaker could do on the mic. Because after all, yeah, Undertaker wasn't on the mic, but if he was, it would have in a way taken away from his character because he wasn't supposed to be someone who says a lot. And Bill, with, with just a look, with just an expression of his face, was able to scare the crap out of people and to make it seem eerie as can be. And, uh, you know, he really does deserve a lot of credit. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I did a seminar here with J.J. Dillon on, um, get, you know, the place of managers and getting over. And, you know, the managers who really are experts like Bill, like J.J., you know, it doesn't take much. It takes an expression you don't take away from what's going on in the ring, but you just add a glance, a movement, an expression, and the fans, it hits them right in the gut, and that's what you want to do. Uh, before we let you go, uh, again, we'll, we'll segue into The Undertaker. We just had WrestleMania. The streak continues. Uh, tremendous back and forth, uh, setting that match up, psychologically speaking. Uh, do you think the match delivered as far as the in-ring psychology? I thought it did. I mean, I thought it, it really was the, you know, the old, the older, he's not that old, but the older veteran about against the new guy. And I think they both did a good job of not only an excellent match, but really telling a story. Uh, and it wasn't just the back and forth and the spots. It was really the story of youth taking on the veterans and where do we go from there and who has the power who has the knowledge, and uh, I think they both did an excellent job. It surely didn't hurt Punk in any way. Uh, it surely built up The Undertaker, but they really put each other over in an extremely entertaining way. Not that either of them needed to be put over, uh, but it, it, I thought it was a great match. Uh, I would agree with you. I thought it was tremendous. Uh, what are you up to this evening? Uh, this evening we have what's called the Bologna Banquet. It's... Uh, informal, you know, it's just uh, sandwiches and drinks and everyone just gets together, tells stories and some of the awards are given out so that tomorrow night doesn't go till four in the morning, <laughs> which has happened on occasion at CAC. Uh, but it, it's a great mingle with everyone, talk and uh, you just hear the greatest stories and I'm hoping Roddy Piper comes up again. I know he's going to be here tonight. No one can tell the story like him or Terry Funk and uh just a great time, and that kicks off this evening. Wow, I'm sitting here getting very jealous. Every time I hear go <laughs> talking about cauliflower, I call by I, I got to get myself out there one of these years, and just uh, I love hearing the stories. Uh, you're right, just you're saying like listening to Roddy Piper tell stories. Uh, that's unbelievable, uh, Doctor. Thank you so much for giving us some time today. Um, again, this is great. I love having you on. Want to have you on uh, again real soon? And thanks for. Uh, Getting Mr. David Jackson on with us as well, WrestlingCares.com. Sounds like a great cause. 
You're welcome. My pleasure, and hope to see you in New York in a couple of weeks. Take care, Doctor. Bye-bye. Well, there we go, Dave. I mean, we we, we made it through there. A uh, little bit of the technical issues, but uh, I was trying to keep three phone lines open at the same time. So a little bit of an echo, so apologize. Uh, in the beginning of the interview, we just had to have one on hold while we talked to the other. Um, but good stuff. And Dave, man, that, that wrestling cares. Uh, you know, when you start to look at the, the talent listed on, on that uh, event, a tremendous group, uh, 32 uh, combatants. Uh, you know, I loved WrestleMania 4. I loved the idea of just one event, a big tournament. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a really cool night of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a lot of guys, and there's a lot of names on there that, you know, have made a splash on the independent scene that are some some critics out there say should be, you know, on mainstream television. Uh, I mean, Adam Pierce was a part of that tournament, and he was just on TNA Gut Check segment. I didn't agree that he got cut, but... Yeah. He's, you know, got an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to show some of the naysayers that didn't think he deserved to make it on the television that he can. And, of course, you got Colt Cabana, um, Davey Richards from Ring of Honor. Davey Richards, you know, a really talented performer, um, models his style a lot like the Dynamite Kid. Um, so, I mean, I hope, I mean, obviously I want people to get to see it, but I hope we get to see some footage of it because it's, so for the first time in quite a while, it's got me interested in uh, in uh, independent wrestling. Yeah, and, and what better, I mean, to be able to do an independent show in Los Angeles. I mean, you know, a lot of times when you go into an independent show, you're going uh, somewhere, uh, some out-of-the-way place. Uh, you know, not there's anything wrong with that, but uh, to be doing a show like this in Los Angeles where – you know, if you're on vacation, you got enough to do, obviously, during the day, and then you can head on over and, and catch a tremendous night of wrestling action. But, uh, you know, if you can't make it out there, again, we're we're located on the East Coast, so, uh, you know, unless at some point in time I win the lottery, not rushing out there, uh, not going to be able to look out. Um, we'd love to, because it sounds like a tremendous event, but go check out their website. Go check out WrestlingCares.com. Uh, lots of interesting stuff there. If it's a charity that you know, you're into, you're you're intrigued by it, you want to give uh, give a little bit, you know, just go over to the website, check out WrestlingCares.com, uh, tremendous cause, and uh, as always, you know, he's been on twice now, Dr. David Reese, uh, giving us a little bit of uh, the in-ring psychology, out-of-the-ring psychology, and uh, Dave, I, I don't know about you, but like, borderline like my skin almost crawling as far as the level of jealousy I had as he's talking about, oh yeah, I'm gonna hang out tonight, and Roddy Piper is gonna be telling stories, and yeah, oh yeah, probably Terry Funk, and I'm just like, geez, why am I not out there? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fun weekend from what I hear. Um, a, a lot more mellow. It's not like WrestleMania weekend, but it's still a fun weekend to be a wrestling fan. Um, you know, a little more low key, but. You know, still fun nonetheless. I've always wanted to check one of those out, especially, you know, some of the years that they've inducted guys. I want to say that Jim Ross was inducted either last year or maybe the year before. Um, and that's always, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of JR and his work. So, I mean, that's always a, you know, a, a plus. But, um, I mean, the late Paul Bearer, William Moody, is getting inducted into the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, this year. And uh, Adam Pierce is going to accept the award. Uh, per per request of the family, so that should be a pretty cool moment. And you know, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, so, you know, I hope the doctor has fun, not too much fun. And, uh, you know, <laughs> let, us know, let us know how it went, Doc. Tremendous, and thank you for giving us the time. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to get to your calls after the break, but right now we got to take a commercial break. Transmite Iron Band Radio, 1640M. Transmite Iron Band Radio, 1640M. Os restaurantes Iberia Tavern e Iberia Península são fantásticos. Boa alimentação, boa bebida e uma equipa fantástica onde está incluída a Beta Marques e ficam situados. Iberia Tavern, no 80 da Ferry Street e também no 63 da Ferry Street, o Iberia Península. E o Luís, vai lá. Eu vou. E são propriedades de Jorge Fernando e João Loureiro. O Iberia é o mais antigo restaurante português ao serviço da nossa comunidade. Você vai lá. Eu também vou. Galinheiro Shorty Poultry Market, onde encontra todos os dias e aos melhores preços galinhas, galos, patos, perus e mais, coelhos e pombos e ainda ovos orgânicos diretamente do farm. Galinheiro Shorty Poultry Market, propriedade de Ibsul Fonseca, no 52 da Madison Street in York, com o telefone 973-344-6764. O galinheiro faz a diferença. A Ferry Street Barbecue apresenta dois detalhes que os destacam pela qualidade na confecção dos pratos e pelo atendimento personalizado. São conhecidos como um dos melhores frangos assados das redondezas. Ferry Street Barbecue fazem todo o tipo de grelhados no carvão, destacando-se frango e febras, entre outros. E não se esqueça que aos sábados temos leitão à bairrada e aos domingos dobrado e leitão. Ferry Street Barbecue, aberto todos os dias das 9 da manhã às 10 da noite. Ferry Street Barbecue, 89 Ferry Street em Newark, telefones 973-344-7337 ou 973-344-7383. A Easy Tech Computers tem uma variedade de produtos na área de informática. Completa linha de laptops, acessórios e sistemas de segurança. Problemas com o seu computador? A Easy Tech é autorizada e com garantia em Apple, Dell, Sony, HP e Toshiba. Venha conhecer a nossa linha completa de cursos ou acesse no nosso website. Aproveite para se profissionalizar e ganhar mais. Easy Tech Computers, a sua empresa de informática. Estamos localizados no 41 da Merchant Street, em Newark, New Jersey. O penteado é a moldura do rosto. New Lisbon Hair Studio dá-lhe o toque final. Temos ao seu dispor uma equipa com larga experiência, especializada em penteados de noivas, carapim, permanentes, corte, coloração, brushing, pedicure e manicure. New Lisbon Hair Studio, no 95 Merrill Street, em Newark, New Jersey, ao telefone 973-589-8435. New Lisbon. Salão aberto às novas tendências e à magia que conserva a beleza e juventude. Transmite Iron Man Radio, 1640M. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in tonight. The Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. 347-838-9815 is the number to call, and we are going to go right out to the phones right now because you guys have been real patient on hold right now. So we're going to start off. 
We got Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, guys? Doing great. What do you got for us this evening? Well, um, after the way the match turned out last night, could somebody please explain to me why they left uh, Kofi Kingston and Antonio Cesaro off of WrestleMania? Excellent. Man, that was an awesome match last night. That is, you know, like, can, can we give it an award? Like, that is the, the point of the night. Uh, I thought the same thing. I thought the match was tremendous. It was it was weird because I felt like, and Dave, I'm curious your thoughts. I thought creatively it was odd because it wasn't a build, and now we have a new U.S. champ. Um, but let's let's separate creative from the match. Uh, the match itself was absolutely tremendous, uh, and a match that the WrestleMania crowd to me would have popped seriously for. I mean, two guys who are incredibly athletic, who are very gifted, were at the top of their game and brought it home. And I wish those guys could have showcased their talent like that in front of a WrestleMania crowd. Um, creatively, I, I, I thought it was odd and, and somewhat disjointed, but I agree with you. I thought the match was tremendous. Uh, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. It was a great matchup, great television match. I mean, it would have it would have worked well on pay per view, um, or even on the pre show. I mean, to be honest with you, I wasn't really too impressed with the Miz Wade Barrett uh, pre show match, and I know that that was only designed so that you know anything could happen on the pre show by having Miz take the Intercontinental Title. But looking back, I mean, I would have put Kofi and Cesaro on the pre show. It didn't even have to have build if the match was going to be as good as it was last night. Um, and last night's match really didn't have any build-up. Obviously, they wrestled on uh, SmackDown the prior week, and uh, Kofi got a pinfall victory. So, I mean, I don't know what this does for Cesaro. A lot of people say, oh, it kills him. I mean, he's a very talented guy. Um, I'm not really a big fan of the yodeling from him. I thought his character, you know, was a little more serious, and, uh, you know, that seemed the direction they were going in. It seems like the yodeling uh, – they, they always try to do that with certain guys. They try to add some sort of comedy to their character if they're a heel. And to me, it just doesn't really work. Um, you know, certain guys can do that. You know, not every single heel can have some sort of comedic aspect to them. Uh, but overall, the Masters great. Uh, and a lot of people have talked about, well, this, you know, there goes the Kofi Kingston uh, heel turn that had been talked about. Uh, I think winning this title might see him go heel um, eventually. I think we might see the beginning stages of, you know, maybe Kofi Kingston, you know, cutting a promo or, or an interview with somebody and saying, you know, yeah, you're all behind me because I'm the United States champion, but when I was, you know, down and out and on a losing streak, where were you then kind of thing. So we might see a little bit of an edge to Kofi. I thought maybe we were going to see that in a promo last night, but maybe eventually down the line. I think that's the route they might go. Um, you never know, but overall, I thought it was a great match, and you know, Mr. Trivia brings up a good point. Yeah. Also, guys, um, thank you, Dave. Also, guys, um, this Ryback uh, Cena feud that's going to be coming up. I mean, there was really no, you know, like you guys said, I don't mean to sound repetitious or you know, sound like an asshole or anything, but I really don't think that was a very good promo by Ryback and. What he did with uh, when Cena was getting attacked by the Shield, I mean, you kind of you kind of knew that was going to happen. He's going to stand up there and watch watch the Shield beat the snot out of him. But uh, you know, you kind of saw that coming. We missed you guys last night. You know, we tried to hold the we tried to hold the cat down as best as we possibly could, but you know, it's not the same way. Uh, I think we lost Mr. Trivia there. So, uh, oh well. Uh, sorry, Mr. Trivia. Uh, 
You know, I, great point with uh, Cesaro Kofi, and thank you so much for the call. Uh, we'll talk to you Sunday night. Uh, something happened there. I don't know if it was your phone or, or us, but something happened there, and you just dropped. So uh, apologies. But uh, great points by about Cesaro and Kofi. Uh, disagree with them a little bit. I, again, we talked uh, earlier. I kind of liked the promo from Ryback. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess the end was predictable. I, I kind of thought the same thing, that he was definitely going to walk off. But uh, you know what What you can do? It, it's wrestling. Uh, 347-838-9815 is the number to call and we're going to go back out to the phones now we're going to go to we have it's time it's time for our daily affirmation with justin justin are you there hi ken how you doing buddy what'd you think of monday night raw last night it was it was great what'd you, what was your favorite part i mean we have ryback and <clears throat> Cena, cesaro and kofi i mean what'd you what'd you like about last night's show great ken i love it man you just that's what i love about you you call here and you know i don't know how much you pay attention to what goes on out there in the wrestling world but there there's a lot of negativity and there are a lot of wrestling fans that that i think watch wrestling just so they can complain about wrestling but you justin you call in every week sometimes twice a week you call in every show and you just call in and say i love it I love wrestling. You are just, you're a good wrestling fan. Not getting into specifics, just telling us you loved it last night. So you thought last night was a solid show? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you liked it, Justin. Uh, you know, it's it's tremendous, and, and thank you so much for continuing to uh, support us. Anything you want to say to Dave before we let you go? Sure. You know what, Dave? You should be an Nets fan, just like you and Ken. I I am a Mets fan. <laughs> you are? Good grief, yeah, Mets fan. I'm 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 a huge Mets fan. M E T S Mets Mets Mets. I love Edge. He's a good guy. I think uh, I you say you said Edge. Yeah. All right, we're, uh, Mets. We're, we're Mets. We're Mets and Edge fans. So uh... there you go. <laughs> wow. <I'm laughs> <off tonight>. <laughs> 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 well, uh, Justin, thank thank you so much for continuing to support us. Uh, look forward to talking to you on Sunday. Take care of yourself, all right? Thank you, Ken. You're right. you're, you're super cool. I try. I do my best. Man, I'm super cool. Not just cool, but super cool. That's awesome. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call, and we're gonna stick with the phones, and we're gonna go out to Jersey. Call, are you there? Yeah, Ken, I'm here. How you doing? Doing all right. What's going on? Not much. Listen, uh, before I get to what I wanted to talk about, I just got a fax from Steve off. And if you don't mind me reading it, it states, Mr. Trivia's dropped phone call was not accidental. This will continue to happen until an apology from Ken Reedy is handed over. Signed, El Rotundo Genioso. Now, I don't know what this Go ahead. That El Rotundo, man, like he's just, uh, he's kind of lost it a little bit. I don't know what this means for, you know, the radio show, your Tuesday radio show, but I just thought that me getting this from him, from Steve, I just thought I should quick read it for you since I was calling it anyway. All right, well, thanks for the heads up. Uh, Yeah, no problem. He's scary. 
he 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 can be a prick sometimes, but if you want, I'll take care of him for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Also, what I wanted to call in about was uh, last night's Raw with Antonio Cesaro. Do you feel that now that he's no longer U.S. champion and they really didn't pay attention or give him, you know, proper television time for his title, do you think he's kind of turning into the next Zack Ryder, or do you think they're just going to take him off television to repackage him? That that honestly is an excellent question. Um, and to give you a great answer, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm hoping, you know, and we've talked about it before on the show, that sometimes, you know, losing a secondary title is a good thing. As much as yeah. us, that's that moment where, all right, he dropped that title because they're moving him into, uh, or at least going to try to move him into a main event or close to a main event status. Um, exactly. I don't know because we have seen the ball get dropped creatively at times. Uh, I hope it means that he's moving on to bigger and better things. I, I, yeah, me too. As far as the yodeling goes, again, I, I'll agree. Like I, I'm not the biggest fan of the yodeling, but there's no limit to how good this guy can can be. I mean, he's he's tremendous. He's a guy his size. I mean, the strength that he can, uh, uh, you know, the strength that he possesses is unbelievable. He's a workout yeah. machine. Uh, I I think he's just unbelievable. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, it's either a repackaging for bigger and better things, or just immediately they move him into a program with a uh, a main event star. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, like Dolph Ziggler, you know, you tune into Raw to see him wrestle, or you tune into SmackDown to see him. But now that, you know, Kofi Kingston's U.S. champion, and you guys were talking about him and a potential heel turn, do you think that this could mark possibly a feud and a return with Evan Bourne and him? since they were former tag team champions? That's an interesting question. What do you think about that, Dave? It's possible, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much they want to do with Evan Bourne, only because, you know, Evan Bourne's got two strikes against him on the wellness policy, and yeah. um, he's, you know, he was, he was out with a, a, a bad foot injury that pretty much has taken him, you know, the course of a year. He was supposed to be back around springtime last year, and unfortunately, you know, he, he injured his foot. Um, I don't know how much they want to do with Evan Bourne. Um, I heard that they were, that the reason why they were keeping Evan Bourne around is because they wanted him to be um, somewhat of a centerpiece for their cruiserweight show that they were going to put on the um, on again network. Um, yeah. I really don't know what they're going to do with the, with Evan Bourne if he were to return. I thought, you know, keeping him and Kofi, you know, if he were to come back before last night, him and Kofi as a tag team um, and re- reuniting them because I think they would help really spark that tag team division because we're probably not going to see Team Hell No tag for very long. And you got other teams that, uh, you know, were some of them were makeshift tag teams, but they could be a good solid centerpiece for um, as a babyface tag team. I really don't know, to be quite honest with you. Um, it would be interesting. There'd be some really good matches, but I, to be honest, perfectly honest with you, I don't think they're going to really put a lot of emphasis on Evan Bourne when he comes back. They'll they'll probably announce that you know he's returning or he'll get a, a, a kind of a semi decent debut or re, return, whatever you want to call it, on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, return match. But other than that, they're really not going to go. I don't think they're going to go crazy with him unless you know they have a change of heart. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because he's like he 
him and Ray Mysterio are almost in the same boat with their two strikes against them. Uh, Randy Orton as well. I mean, obviously Randy Orton's a, a bigger, you know, bigger star than uh, than Evan Bourne, but Randy Orton's got two strikes on the Lions policy, and I think that's why they've they've you know not wanted to turn him heel and you know put yeah. him in anything really serious because they don't know if he could be relied on. Do you think though by them not acknowledging him as far as him wanting to turn heel, you think that'll kind of make Orton decide you know? Well, maybe it's not worth being here anymore, or he'll, or he'll purposely get that third strike to get out of the company if he doesn't get his heel turn in the way that he wants. I don't know. I can't really comment on that. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know personally, but I, I, Orton knows where his bread is buttered. You know what I mean? Granted, Orton Absolutely. could take his, go. Orton could take his name and go over to you know TNA if he wanted to, but. Orton knows where he's going to make real money, and he makes good money. And I, I think he's—I mean, he's, not, he's probably not happy in the spot that he's in, being a babyface. I know he wants to turn heel desperately. Yeah, but, that's what that. Go ahead. But but I don't think he's going to do something purposely to get a third strike to get out of his contract. Yeah, because it was kind of odd seeing him, you know, as the peacemaker during the, the WrestleMania match and during that whole feud with Big Show. And now you look at him now, and you don't know what direction that they're heading that storyline into. Yeah, it's a little odd, but, we, I mean, I mean, we'll... It is WWE. Yeah, exactly. I think we're going to see Orton in the spot that he's in for quite a while. Let's, you know, they, the company decides, okay, we need to do something with him. I mean, his his act is getting a little stale. I think he could use a refresh, you know, in, in, in a different way. Um, but I think for now, he's, he's popular enough, he sells enough T-shirts, the company's okay with that. He stays in the spot that he's in and until, like I said, they have a change of heart. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for the phone call, Joe. We'll, we'll talk. No problem. Take it easy, man. Well, hopefully we'll see you, you know, this Saturday, BWO Payback, Nutley, New Jersey. Hopefully we see you guys there. Yeah, you know what? Since you mentioned it, I mean, you, you're be refing some of the matches there. Why don't you give us, uh, where can we get tickets if we want to see the BWO on Saturday? You can purchase tickets online at bodyslamwrestling.com, or if you are friends with one of the wrestlers, I'm sure that they have a pair of tickets on them, $10 or $12 at the door. Tremendous. Yeah, BWO puts on a good show. So you wrestling fans, you guys who, you guys who like to see the, the indie scene, check out the BWO. Joe, thanks a lot for giving us a call. Talk to you soon. Thanks for, let, thanks for having me. Take care. Take it easy. Uh, lots of, you know, lots of good points from our callers tonight. Uh, good stuff. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm the biggest conspiracy theorist, and I would love to see, you know, love to hear that Randy Orton goes out of his way to fail a drug test to get out of his contract. But, uh, you know, Dave, I mean, I, I think it's twofold. I mean, I think he knows where his bread is buttered, and I think, you know, Vince McMahon knows enough that he's he's not going to let that happen again. You know, he, he still has scars from the Monday Night Wars, and, you know, he's going to make sure that Randy Orton is, is there. I mean, Orton is over enough with the crowd, and he would be a great get by TNA. And, you know, I mean, if if we we know that, Vince McMahon knows that, he's not going to let a guy like Randy Orton go. So, you know, he's not going to get that third strike. He may be in kind of a holding pattern, maybe out of uh, more significant storylines at times because of his past, but... I think both sides. I think Orton knows where his bread is buttered, and McMahon knows we, we can't let a guy like Orton go. So uh, I think he's firmly entrenched in the WWE. But, uh, you know, it, it's a good point. I mean, Dave, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him turn heel. Uh, I think he's he's a great heel. And uh, 
would like to see what he could do with a, a brand new, fresh uh, heel run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a while since he's really, you know, he's yeah, like like we both said, he's still popular. But I mean, the stuff that he did as a heel, that's where he's natural at. I mean, I could tell, and I could tell last night, and I could even tell, you know, obviously last week's Raw, he was not happy with the reactions the crowd was giving him, um, or just lack thereof for the match that he was Sheamus. But I could tell in the past few weeks, you know. Body language and his facial expressions, he just looks like he's kind of going through the motions. And I'm not saying that, like, he's hes not working hard out there, but it's like, okay, I'm Randy Orton, I'm here, you know, I do my power slam, I do my RKO, I pound my fist into the mat, you know. Like, he, it looks, I mean, it's to me, it's looking too forced for him to try. He's, like, forcing himself to try and play his character when naturally he's just, he, he's a jerk, um, you know, as, as, that, as a heel. So uh, I hope we see something different from him soon because I think he's one of the best out there. His in-ring work is great. Um, he's just been a little bland as of late, and I would say probably in the past few months, uh, maybe even, you know, the past year. Um, so hopefully uh, there's some change coming for him soon. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with my gut and, and, and doubt that one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, all the what you're bringing up. I mean, he is a jerk. I mean, that's the character. And when they when they changed him face, they didn't really change the character. They just, he's a jerk that's going after heels and you know he gets a pop from the crowd um there's only so long you can kind of kind of be a jerk but kind of try and put yourself over with the crowd and it's just you're right it's he's kind of straddling that fence where a lot of his tendencies as far as the character are kind of heel ish but he's still firmly entrenched in in that face role um. Yeah, I, I, they, I would love to see him. I mean, I like. I think he's got a great sense of the business. I think he's, he's got a great sense of his character and where he can go, and it would open himself up. You know, it's, and he stayed relatively healthy. He's very gifted in the ring. Um, that's not to say down the road of a piece he wouldn't turn face again. Uh, but for now, you know, it's something that uh. I'd like to see, especially with him right now and Sheamus, because I like Sheamus as a heel, too. And it, to me, like, keep one of them as a face. You know, keep, keep you know, Sheamus, you know, if you're, you're grooming him, if you think maybe he could be one of the top faces in the company, uh, I get it. And then let, let's turn Randy heel and give him a good uh, heel run. I wouldn't necessarily mind a program between the two of them. I mean... I don't know about you, Dave, but it seemed like this match could, you know, at WrestleMania and teaming these guys up was almost naturally setting up uh, for Randy to turn on uh, Sheamus, or at least for there to be some sort of conflict that would precipitate a, a heel turn. And, and now it looks like we might be moving into a program with uh, Sheamus and Mark Henry. So it kind of leaves, uh, you know, Orton exactly where are they going with his character. Really interesting stuff that... Uh, we will continue to dissect and re-dissect, because that's what we do here at the Ken Reedy Show. We are coming to the end of our program. Thank you guys so much for supporting us and giving us calls and everything. Uh, and we'll be on the air on Sunday at the com. That is 
That goes just out on the internet. And of course, every Tuesday we're here on Ironbound. That is ir1640amradio.com, the best in pro wrestling talk. Special thanks to uh, Dr. David Reese and Dave Jackson, who gave us some time. Go check out. Check it out. WrestlingCares.com. That's WrestlingCares.com. You want to make sure to check out that website. Lots of good stuff. Dave, great show tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. David Reese was, uh, you know, very informative, and, uh, you know, Mr. Jackson as well with the tournament. And callers were great and, you know, hitting on all cylinders, and I can't wait to do it again on Sunday. Yeah, I'm psyched, man, because, you know, we had a little bit of that WrestleMania hangover, but two two strong Raws after WrestleMania, looking forward to Extreme Rules. We didn't even get into so we'll talk about it on Sunday. What does Brock Lesnar and Triple H mean, old school Steel Cage, Paul Heyman saying, let's get extreme. What does that mean? Where is this rivalry going? Continue to dissect Ryback and John Cena. Where are we going with Cesaro? What's Kofi going to do? We got so many things we could dissect, as well as we got Impact and SmackDown coming up later on in the week. So Sunday's show is definitely going to be jam-packed. You don't want to miss that. That's this Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m., thekenreedyshow.com. As always, we got to thank intern Sean, running things, uh, all on the technical side, making sure everything goes smoothly, or as some may say, Sean Dango. But uh, definitely keeping things running smoothly. So got to thank him, all you guys supporting us. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We'll see you all on Sunday. Take care, everybody. Os restaurantes Iberia Tavern e Iberia Península são fantásticos. Boa alimentação, boa bebida e uma equipa fantástica onde está incluída a Beta Marques e ficam situados. Iberia Tavern, na 80 da Ferry Street e também na 63 da Ferry Street a Iberia Península. E o Luís vai lá. Eu vou. E são propriedades de Jorge Fernando e João Loureiro. O Iberia é o mais antigo restaurante português ao serviço da nossa comunidade. Você vai lá. Eu também vou. Galinheiro Shorty Poultry Market, onde encontra todos os dias e aos melhores preços galinhas, galos, patos, perus e mais, coelhos e pombos e ainda ovos orgânicos diretamente do farm. Galinheiro Shorty Poultry Market, propriedade de Irtul Fonseca, no 52 da Madison Street in New York, com o telefone 973-344-6764. O galinheiro faz a diferença. A Ferry Street Barbecue apresenta dois detalhes que os destacam pela qualidade na confecção dos pratos e pelo atendimento personalizado. São conhecidos como um dos melhores frangos assados das redondezas. Ferry Street Barbecue fazem todo o tipo de grelhados no carvão, destacando-se frango e febras, entre outros. E não se esqueça que aos sábados temos leitão à bairrada e aos domingos dobrado e leitão. Ferry Street Barbecue, aberto todos os dias das 9 da manhã às 10 da noite. Ferry Street Barbecue, 89 Ferry Street em Newark, do Fones.